The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Prospect Podcast, sponsored by Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports. I'm Clay Link, joined as always by lead prospect writer James Anderson. Going to be looking ahead today, James, to September call-ups. You have a very thorough piece either up on the site already or going up momentarily, really running through every position, potential ads, and uh, dark horse candidates to be added who aren't on the 40-man roster. Yeah, I mean, this isn't the sexiest article uh, that I'm going to release of the year but it's uh one where i think if you if you skim the whole thing you should be able to find at least a, a few names that are both available in your league and that maybe pique your interest as potential ads i mean i try to get out in front of this i, I don't think it's super useful to release this like the final week of um august when when everyone's had time to kind of already jump the gun on those guys mm. so uh yeah, I mean, a lot of these guys are, are kind of scrubby, but I, I just tried to include everyone who either will definitely be coming up 
or just maybe has a, an outside shot of, of coming up. So what you're telling me is stash and season is still alive. Uh, although the, the taken by a thread. Yeah, the the fruits of the stash aren't <laughs> going to be as great anymore. But still some guys. Lux, we talked about last week. You added him in the stake league for two. He's probably the the top guy to, to add if you if you can. Of course, in the NFBC, you can't. But if you can add minor leaguers, he, he's the top guy. Yeah, and, and he's not even a lock to come up this year. It's just yeah. sort of that the upside of if he were to get the call, it would be well worth a, a roster spot at this point in the season. Yeah, I heard Dave Roberts say something like he could join the team, but maybe not be added to the active roster, kind of in a just a ride-along role. Apparently they did that with Will Smith last year. I didn't really realize that, but uh, that would be at least a way to get him, kind of get him acclimated with the team. But, and this guy's ready, it seems like, and having him – as a starter or even as a bench guy in the postseason would seem to be worth it for, for that team. Yeah. If, if they don't bring him up this year, I, I really hope that they get bounced early in the postseason because uh, yeah, I mean, you're right. He's ready. Uh, I think he's a clear guy that would be one of their nine best hitters. I think he, his defense would be really solid at second base. Uh, I think it would be, a, I think it would be unethical to to keep him down through the end of the season just to get that extra year of service time. And B, this is a team that's fallen short in terms of winning the World Series uh, the last couple of years. And if they lost by a narrow margin again, I, I think that they would have to look in the mirror about the decision not to call him up. So I think I, I think he does come up. I, I think it's better than 50% chance that he comes up, uh, assuming he kind of keeps this up at AAA. But I also acknowledge that there's definitely a legitimate chance he doesn't come up at all. Yeah, that's very possible. I would hate to see it. But after they didn't trade him for a win-now piece, I have a hard time seeing him uh, not coming up this year. But before we get too deep into your article and potential September call-ups, can't you know not talk about Aristides Aquino, <laughs> well, you could. the Punisher. I mean, look, what, what else is this show for? Um Unreal run. It's, it's a red show first and foremost. Yeah, it's, it's, it's about Reds, and then this is the Reds comes second. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, it's just an unreal start. And as a Reds fan, I can't remember anything like this. This guy debuting and not just floundering initially. It seems like every hot prospect they call up, Senzel has that hasn't really been the case. He's been fine, but um, and I'm excited. Set the major league record for the most home runs through his first 12 career games. And really, you know, all the past data we have is not completely out the window, but the swing change has really changed the equation with him quite a bit. But did you end up with him anywhere? Were you even interested in in really opening up and, and getting him? No, no, and no, and uh, <laughs> damn it, it's just I, I. This isn't fun for me at all. Really, I, I don't like it. Like this type of prospect story where a guy was like to me he's barely like he's not even a prospect in my mind like it's it's more of like a jesus aguilar max muncie type of like breakout thing than an actual prospect story with him because this is a guy that was non-tendered like a year ago i mean he's he was he was one of the worst hitters i've ever seen in person when i saw him at double a and like just in terms of how easy it was for good pitchers to exploit his uh, swing and miss issues and it's awesome that he was able to make these changes, but it's just, it's not something you can really ever see coming. Uh, and so from that aspect, it's, it's just, you know, how, how is anyone supposed to know that 
Aristides Aquino was going to have this type of a, a run in, in the big leagues later in the year. I mean, it was just impossible to see coming unless you'd just been watching every single uh, Louisville game all season long. I mean, maybe then you would have started to buy in. But if I even if I'd seen him play like 10 times in the minors this year, I don't think I would have bought in that it would have carried over against big league pitching. Yeah, to the juice ball down there, it's hard to really know what's real at the AAA level right now. And yeah... I think you throwing some cold water on me is what I need. Honestly, <laughs> I did order the the shirt already with the Punisher logo with the red legs um, hat on. Yeah, I we'll see. I mean, he's been exploited a few times. Just he does have some issues where he goes chasing, but it is really incredible to see just a, a small change with the stands really opening up, and then adding the leg kick back in. Um, it's really amazing, but I recommend going and reading Jeff Erickson's um, player outlook that he wrote for Aquino at the start of the year. He says, you know, the double A wall exists, and uh, Aquino hit went headfirst into it back to back years. And yeah, if you can't even clear the double A hurdle, non tendered, it's it's really just the out of the nowhere. Uh, I disagree. I think it's a cool story, of course, since I'm a Reds <laughs> fan. But it is just uh, amazing how this. How uh, guys' fortunes can change like that, but we'll see if it's sustainable. Um, I'm pretty excited just to see where this goes. I'm not, I think I after these three straight losses, I'm coming to terms with this not being the year, but I think next year will be pretty exciting. But let's get to your article, James. Farm Futures September call-up candidates. And we'll start with Nate Lowe. This has been a situation where he's uh, – was sent down. That was frustrating. But then the second time he was demoted, even more frustrating because he was actually hitting during that that stint in the big leagues. What do you think when when Low comes back? Is he still going to be just the complimentary piece? I don't think so because I think he's clearly better than G Man Choi, and they don't. G Man Choi and Jesus Aguilar are, are both out of options. So sending one of those guys down for low is is not an option. So I think it's that's why we are dealing with this frustration. Uh, is because they're not willing to cut Choi loose. But once the roster expands to 40 guys, Lowe's part of that, and he's better than Choi. So he'll at least play against righties. And it's not even like he's been bad against lefties. He's been he's had an 880 OPS against lefties in back-to-back years in the minors. So uh, I, I think this is still a long-term, everyday player, not a strong side platoon guy. In 2020, I'll be buying him with that expectation i assume he's going to come at a a pretty solid discount just because of the way they've sort of jerked him around this year and uh yeah i'm i'm excited for him to come up in september i mean jesus aguilar has been great for them since they scooped him up so i still think he uh, remains in the mix especially against uh lefties but yeah i mean lowe's just better than troy and so once he's up i think he gets those those at bats i didn't have quite as much success but still was pretty intriguing uh kevin crone um, especially after they brought up oh, Josh Rojas, we should talk about him too. Uh, but I just don't see how he would uh, factor in low. I could see it, but Kevin Crone, even with this team, I guess they're still technically in the wild card hunt. But I, even with them maybe wanting to evaluate, I still don't see Crone playing enough to be mixed league viable. Yeah, I agree. It's uh. You know, there's a handful of these guys, Kevin Crone, Ty France, uh, specifically, where 
they've just been so productive in the minors this season and they just are completely blocked at the big league level it seems uh with crone i mean he he kind of belongs in the american league ideally he would be a dh uh you know we said same thing about a guy like christian walker a year ago so that ended up working out okay for him with the the goldschmidt trade but uh, hopefully there's an open competition in spring training where crone could at least walk away with that job i mean i I just really want to see you know for a guy that hits 325 with 36 homers and a k rate under 20 percent in just 68 games i'd like to just see what it looks like over a 20 or 30 game stretch against big league pitching i it's not going to happen like you said unless there's an injury or something but uh, you know, same thing kind of goes for Ty France. I just want to see what it looks like, but there's no uh, kind of end in sight to these guys being blocked. And as far as Josh Rojas is concerned coming up, um, I know he's playing some left field, I think maybe once in right. Um, how would you characterize your stance on him relative to others in the prospect community? I don't know if there are any firm stances uh, – from anyone else really about Rojas I I know that he uh you know just on paper it looks pretty impressive in terms of the power and the speed but this is still an older guy who uh really didn't do much at all last year at double a that to get us excited I mean he stole bases but that was about it he's always uh, walked a decent amount but I'm not particularly optimistic about him being um all that interesting in fantasy but sometimes late bloomers come along and yeah they do it's, it's yeah they do and it's uh you know i typically will write those guys off and and maybe that's to my detriment i mean i was dead wrong about like jeff mcneil i might end up being dead wrong about aristides aquino uh, you know rojas i think it's definitely encouraging at the very least that the diamondbacks wanted to get him in the big leagues this quickly after trading for him. I mean, they could have waited till September, uh, but they didn't want to. And I, I think that that sort of speaks to their optimism regarding his skill set. I think that they, uh, you know, there were other guys of his caliber they could have had included in that Zach Greinke trade, and they you know, targeted him. So I think that there's there's some buy-in on their side for sure. And he's not a guy that I want to write off or anything. I just, I'm not like oh, this is a guy you have to go add. Uh, I'm just kind of taking a wait-and-see approach, and hopefully uh, he can continue to play almost every day so we get a better idea of what to expect from him next year. Yeah, I think that playing time that you just alluded to is is the most appealing part of it because Adam Jones looks to be toast, and they really don't have much incentive to play him. Uh, I think they'll they'll make room for Rojas pretty much every day. A real quick note before we move back to uh, possible September call-ups. It's officially August which means football season is around the corner, and Yahoo Fantasy has introduced a new football game, fantasy football game called Best Ball. that lets you get in on the action now. With Best Ball, you draft your fantasy team, and that's it. You don't need to do a thing once you've drafted your team each week. The top-scoring players at each position on your roster will automatically count toward your weekly score. Forget about the time commitment. No waiver wire, no trades, no adding or dropping players. No having to make those tough start or sit decisions. Focus on the best part of fantasy football, the draft. Tired of doing mock drafts for your fantasy team and having other players drop out early and not finish the draft? Free best ball leagues give you the most accurate ADP or average draft position of players before the season starts. Can't get enough fantasy football? 
but don't want to manage those teams all season, you can draft up to 50 best ball teams. Play for free or for cash, but most importantly, get to drafting with Yahoo Fantasy Best Ball. Join the league today at yahoo.com slash best ball. Now, James, back to your article. Uh, you, you detail a lot of players. We're not going to get to all of them, but Willie Castro of, of the Tigers, who I think have the worst – they have a worse record than the O's, don't they? I think you, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, they've been. Uh, let me just atrocious. double check that. Um, yeah, Tigers have 35. Yeah, they're worse than the O's. It's uh, yikes. I mean, what a what a, what an effort by them. I mean, getting <laughs> another number one overall pick. It, it seems. I mean, that's that'd be a, quite a boost for a farm system that really needs an influx of talent on the hitting side. I think they nailed that Riley Green pick, but. Uh, you know, after him, I mean, they're, you could say their next four best prospects might be pitchers. So um, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, Ca- just wrestling that number one pick away from the O's. Yeah, pretty it's, impressive. it's you know, it's uh, really impressive work by them, uh, especially in that division. Tough to tough to be that much worse than the O's given yeah. the, the two divisions they play in. So true. Um, but yeah, Castro. Um, General manager mastermind Al Avila has said that they are going to bring him up this year. Uh, I think that's it's so funny to me that it's like, yep, he's going to come up later. Like, why? Why isn't he just up now? I mean, look at, look he's, at who all, you're playing. he's playing three D check, three <laughs> uh, D chess. All right, um, he's but a yeah. brain gene. So, so Avila has confirmed that Castro will be up. Uh, there's some speed here. I think that that's kind of speed and playing time is sort of the appeal with Castro. He probably plays almost every day at shortstop once he's up. Uh, it's He's not a burner, but he's fast enough to, to steal maybe four or five bases if he is is on base, maybe you know, a high end of expectations. He could steal four or five bases in September. Um, but, yeah, I mean, hopefully he just looks good enough that he – looks like an interesting late round guy for 2020 drafts i don't really expect him to move the needle in too many mixed leagues over the the final month of this season but if he kind of holds his own and, and doesn't look overmatched then it could be a guy that's got an outside shot of stealing 20 bases as a shortstop next year yeah it's pretty appealing and yeah the Path to playing time seems to be there for Willie Castro. Uh, We talked about Nate Lowe, Kevin Crone, another early fab bust, Carter Keyboom. Now, of course, he's on the 40-man, and he's already been up, so I would expect to see him in September as well. But is the playing time going to be there for Carter Keyboom? Probably not, unless there's an injury. Um, You know, it's kind of self-explanatory there's not a guy on that depth chart that you could say oh well he could displace him even though you know maybe he's a better all-around player than brian dozier at this stage i, I just don't see them um taking dozier out of that role uh, as for a team that's got significant postseason aspirations you're, you're going to take your vets with you uh, but he will be up i i don't really see any reason why he wouldn't be up and if one guy gets hurt, whether it's Trey Turner or Anthony Rendon or Brian Dozier, it could be Keebum that steps in. Yeah, it's definitely. He's got that kind of, um, not fatigue, but the kind of like bad aftertaste in previous owners' mouths where you can maybe get him for a buck this weekend and then see what happens if you got a free bench spot. Jorge Mateo, I gave up the stash dream in Stake League a long time ago. I'd really been dreaming on the speed and maybe – the thought of him having a big categorical impact there 
What are your thoughts on on Jorge Mateo and his uh, playing time outlook in September? Well, right now he's on the minor league uh, disabled or injured list with um, what Susan Slusser said is a minor ankle injury. Uh, So hopefully that's correct and he's back and playing at AAA before September. Uh, You know, this is a team that is in win-now mode and they could use help uh, at a variety of spots. So I would be surprised if they didn't bring Mateo up. I just don't think he'll be playing every day barring an injury to jerks and profar now maybe he could you know if he hits the ground running maybe he wrestles that job away from profar like if, the, if they're giving mateo like a couple starts a week and he's really impressive in those starts he will definitely be a defensive upgrade over over profar so it's really just going to come down to what he does at the plate and if if he's impressive then maybe he just takes that job away uh but I, I think it's more likely they use him as a late game defensive replacement and a pinch runner, that type of thing. And and that can have value. I mean, if you're, I mean, last year there was leagues where I was uh, rostering Terrence Gore just to try to make like a late season push in, in stolen bases, because, you know, if you're a lot of times you can be really bunched up in the stolen base category and just getting like three steals from a guy over the span of two weeks can make a difference. So, yeah, that's why I'm holding like the shields in a few leagues. Yeah, and so that's that's sort of the most likely avenue to to value for Mateo is just that he is a guy that in deeper leagues you just add him for steals if that's an area where you can gain ground. But uh, hopefully he just comes up and we can just sort of see what it looks like against big league pitching. Yeah, I, I don't know who tweeted it. I, I should look that up here when I get a second. But I saw Jeff Erickson liked it, and it was basically suggesting like mathematically – Steel is worth a little under three home runs in this environment nowadays. So yeah, anybody who can help you out there is um, somebody to consider. Now, I don't know your thoughts on the Zips projection system. Generally, I think it's Zimborski, right? But they have the three-year projections on fan graphs. And for Mateo, really don't like the batting. 206, 250 uh, on base, 208, 251 in, in 2020. Um 205 251 is is that the outlier people generally skeptical about mateo's hit tool and how it'll play at at the major league level oh i i mean there's definitely skepticism uh i mean he was i'm just surprised to see that low i think i was the only person that had him as a top 100 prospect coming into the year i mean people Mm. had pretty much given up uh, a lot of people uh before this season and he's 24 he's been incredibly inconsistent in the minor leagues i'm sure that that doesn't uh grade out very well in a projection system i mean he's had some good years but he's also followed some of those good years up with bad years or just underwhelming years and Mm -hmm. uh you know if you look at just the strikeout to walk rates they're never where you want them to be it's usually you know strikeout rate in the 25 percent range walk rate in like the five or six percent range that's not going to grade out well in a projection system and i've never advocated rostering Mateo for the batting average. I mean, you're, you're sort of hoping for like a 240 average. And with that, I think he could be an everyday player because of the defense he's going to provide. And if he's an everyday player, then you get 20 plus steals. And that's sort of just the, uh, the way that he becomes a, a viable fantasy option. And there's a chance he doesn't even hit 240, in which case he's maybe a bench piece. But um, yeah, you're definitely not rostering Mateo for, uh, the batting average you're hoping to get. Yeah, he's batting 295 this year at AAA, but a 
230 average last year at that level, full season at that level, too. 510 plate appearances, a 62 WRC+. Uh, it's not what you want, as they say. Now, James, the guy you were pretty high on coming in, Cole Tucker, how much has, has he kind of uh, gone down in your head? Are you still optimistic long-term, or has his struggles, have his struggles this year really kind of dinged him in your eyes? So he's hitting 240, 328, 365 with just five homers and five steals since he was demoted in early June. And that is significantly worse than I would have expected when he got sent down. I know he was terrible in the big leagues, but I sort of expected him to rebound and be uh, pretty impressive uh, back against AAA pitching. And that really hasn't been the case. And just the five steals, I think, is is as concerning as, as anything. So um, I still think he has a chance to be a valu- valuable in redraft leagues at some point next season. He's a guy who uh, you're not going to have to draft him unless you're in a NL-only league. Um, maybe he's like a reserve round guy in our 18-team mixed league, stake league. Uh, but you're, you're probably not going to have to draft him. He's, he's going to be more of a watch list guy unless he just – uh, is setting spring training, you know, on fire or something like that. But uh, my confidence level just isn't where it was a month or two ago, just because, you know, I really expected him to be better than this uh, when he got sent back down to AAA. Just uh, get circling back on that tweet I alluded to. That was from Emmett Ruland at Emmett R, uh, two M's, two T's. Uh, just wanted to note, just because I stole his his bit here. Um, <laughs> I don't want to give him proper credit. Is in the NFBC main a stolen bases quote unquote worth the equivalent of just under three home runs this season? Uh, kind of fun to mentally convert someone's stolen bases into homers. So, in the last 30 days, Ronald Acuna Jr., his uh, 10 homers, 15 steals, the same impact as about 53 homers in 30 days. That's that's a pretty good uh, roto impact there, I'd say for sure. But moving on, James Kyle Tucker. There's really not much he can do to, to earn a call up at this point. Just absurd. But when rosters expand, we should see him. I think he had another couple homers just the other day. Um, just not, not in the right organization for playing time right now. That should be up in 2020. Do you think he'll be kind of a, a guy that's on every one of your teams next year? Uh, I, I don't know, man. Um it just it depends where he's going in drafts. It, I I really don't know what to do with him. I, I think, you know, he's got 32 homers and 25 steals this year, but he's been significantly worse, pretty much by any measure this year than he was at AAA last year, and I, that's concerning. Uh, I think that they would have absolutely traded him at this year's deadline if Noah Syndergaard had been available, but the fact that he was not available and the fact they were able to swing that deal for Granke. Uh, you know, that's that's why he's still there. I don't think Matt Boyd was quite at that echelon of, of who you're going to part with Kyle Tucker for, but I think they absolutely would have cut bait for a guy like Syndergaard. Uh, Josh Reddick has been really, really bad over the past couple months, OPS under 600 in that span. So there's, there's playing time to be had there for Kyle Tucker, but I'm not even sold that the Astros are going to give him that look. Like, I, I don't... You know, I think they might give him, you know, a couple starts a week, and like if he makes the most of it, maybe that turns into four starts the next week. But 
you know, there's a lot of mouths to feed there still. Uh, a guy like Miles Straw is going to be back up then. I mean, they're just it's it's tough to say that he's going to get enough playing time in September to be worth uh, deploying in in like twelve and fifteen team mixed leagues. While we're on the topic of the Astros, I do want to ask you about another guy who could uh, return, probably will, uh, when rosters expand. But first, a quick note. Tired of the grind trying to win on other DFS sites, spending so much time trying to set the perfect lineup only to uh, fall short of winning big. Well, our friends at Prize Picks have created the most simple and fast daily fantasy game. All you have to do is choose over or under correctly on a player's fantasy point projections to win. No competing against thousands of pros while trying to meet a salary cap with prize picks. It's just you versus the projections. Prize picks has new boards of selections up every day, covering players from Major League Baseball, the NBA, PGA, NHL, UFC, NFL, NCAA football, and more. They're also the first DFS site to allow you to make cross-sport entries. So you go under on Jesse Winker while taking Tiger on the over. Prize picks really is daily fantasy simplified. Visit rotowire.com. Slash prize picks to sign up now or use promo code WIRE when you download the prize picks app. Jose Urquidy was the other guy I wanted to talk about in that Houston system. Um, when they added Grinky, I just kind of figured he's squeezed and I ended up dropping him in the great fantasy baseball invitational. Do we see Urquidy return in, in the bullpen or do you think he actually gets some starts down the stretch? I think it just it depends on the severity of. Garrett Cole's hamstring injury. It depends right. on whether the other four guys in that rotation are healthy. Uh, I that hamstring injury better not be serious because it would really mess up a lot of my teams. But um, if it is, I mean, I think he's kind of the obvious next man up. I, I was impressed by what he did in the big leagues. Uh, I thought he looked pretty good in most of his starts and. Just any guy starting for that Astros team that you feel good about at all is a good streaming option, even if it's just a spot start here or there. So Urquidy, to me, is a guy that you, you hold in, in deeper leagues, in, in AL-only leagues for sure, just on the off chance that he does get slotted back into that rotation. But you know, if, if everyone's healthy, it'll, it'll be a bullpen roll for him, long man roll kind of. Garrett Cole receiving for the test today, although I will th- would think that him not going on the IL before today's game is a pretty good sign, although nothing nothing for sure. But, yeah, that could be a big one. He's he's a number one pitcher right now, wouldn't you say, like in terms of oh, your yeah. ranking? Yeah. Of course, yeah. Yeah, he's pretty awesome. Um, and I know we have our trade deadline and staff, too, coming up. I probably should have moved Cole by now. <laughs> May not end up getting anything in return. We'll see. Um, now, moving on, Logan Webb, what's his outlook looking like uh, for the rest of this season? Well, he's made just you – know, so this is uh, righty in the Giants system, uh, had an 80-game uh, performance-enhancing drug suspension earlier in the year. He's made just one start at AAA, but it was a really good start. And, uh, you know, he's got – decent stuff he's a guy that i'm going to add to the top 400 uh for the sort of end of season update which will probably be up in in a couple weeks um probably more of a like a number four starter but number four starters on the giants can be number three starters in their home starts so you know if he does get the call um i mean the fact that he's on the the 40-man roster is a good place to start um they might just want to take a look and, and see how it looks against big league hitters. Um, you know, they're, they're kind of out of the playoff mix at this point, but I still think he's 
a guy that's probably going to be in their rotation for most, if not all, of next season. So if he gets the call, he's at least a, a streamable guy in, in home starts. Yeah, I could see it. Good name to keep in mind. I wasn't really on my radar at all, probably in part because of that 80-game suspension, but yeah, I haven't really heard his name much this year. Trevor Richards, of course, we've heard his name. He's been in the majors all year, was with that uh, Miami rotation, then bumped to the bullpen before the trade to Tampa Bay. I'm seeing what Tampa Bay is doing with Nick Anderson. Like He's like one of the best pitchers already, uh, relief pitchers in the game now. And I have some optimism that they'll unlock something with Trevor Richards. Sounds like he may be working in the, the primary pitcher, bulk reliever role. And we've talked about how that kind of enhances value, gives you a better chance to, to earn wins, factor in decision, now on a much better team. So what's your level of interest in Trevor Richards? He's a guy that I'm, I'm just keeping tabs on. I mean, he's only made two uh, appearances since they, they got their hands on him. But, I mean, the Rays, guys are typically – better with the Rays than they were with the team they were with before the Rays. So if he starts to look pretty impressive in, in his next couple outings at AAA, uh, I think they could definitely find a spot for him as a primary pitcher. I mean, I, I, Jalen Beeks hasn't been that great uh, over his last handful of appearances. Uh, so I think that there's there's a spot for him if he looks like he's up for the challenge. And so, yeah, I, I'm not necessarily adding him, but definitely a guy I'm keeping an eye on. Now, Jake Fraley is a guy you had under off-season 40-man ads. In your mind, you're pretty much ruling out a September call-up for Fraley? Well, so, uh, you know, all the guys we've talked about so far are already on their team's 40-man roster. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's obviously, like, the biggest uh, factor in a guy getting a September call-up. And sometimes teams will give the guys who they have to add in the off season to protect them from the rule five draft. They'll just add them now. If, if it's like a foregone conclusion and they just kind of want to get them in the big leagues. Uh, I don't think Fraley will come up just because the Mariners obviously are terrible and they would probably like to maximize their uh, team control over him by waiting until next year. But if they, you know, he's going to be their best center fielder in spring training next year. And so if they are open to breaking camp with him to start next season, they might as well just bring him up now and, and let him get his feet wet. Uh, the same thing kind of applies with uh, the rest of these guys sort of in this offseason 40 mad ads uh, camp. It's like how much sense does it make from the team's perspective to make that 40 man move now, Adam and, and DFA somebody else? versus waiting until the offseason. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Now, one more piece of business before we move on. FantasyDraft.com would like to bring you an important message about Rake. Are you tired of paying high fees to play Daily Fantasy? Did you know that over time, these fees, called Rake, can cost Daily Fantasy players over 30% of their bankroll? As Daily Fantasy sites continue to raise Rake, prize, pool, uh, prize pools are being squeezed more and more, making it harder and harder players like you to win more rake just means more money lining the pockets of the big dfs sites and less money for players but change has arrived fantasy draft has changed the game by bringing you rake free daily fantasy that's right you're now able to play your favorite contest without paying any rake on fantasy draft 100 of entry fees will be paid out to contest winners 100 of the time playing your favorite contests rake free on fantasy draft will save you hundreds or even thousands of dollars in rake every month. Rake-free daily fantasy is truly a game changer. Just imagine what playing on Fantasy Draft is going to do for your bankroll. 
Register at FantasyDraft.com today to take part in the rake-free revolution. Use promo code RWNFL to receive a free seven-day trial. By the way, are you uh, really pumped for, for football season? Some pig? Pig skin? Look, I've, I'd be lying if I said I haven't thought about it. I've, I have uh, started my fantasy football prep. Nice. I Obviously, I you know people that know me or follow me know I'm not a big fan of like football or the NFL, but I, I still like playing fantasy football. So, uh, have a lot of league or have a couple leagues that go back like almost two decades at this point. So, um, definitely have started my prep. I know which teams guys are on and I know which guys are, are supposedly good uh, yeah. heading into this season. And that's, that's the key. That's a big start. Yeah. <laughs> Huge if true. And yeah, I, I think this will be like my fifth consecutive year downsizing in fantasy football, but I think this is my sweet spot. Just two leagues, you know, play my long, long-standing hometown league, which I'm yet to win. But <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> yeah, um, I've made three of the last six championships. Uh, Got to make like Steve Young get that monkey off my back this year. But uh, shifting back to baseball, Daniel Johnson of the Nats is he in that same boat as Fraley where? You think it's probably not going to happen this year? You know, I maybe – so I definitely thought he was coming up before they got Yasiel Puig and Framiel Reyes at the deadline. Um, Indians, that's right. I keep thinking he's still in the Nats for some reason. Yeah, and and so I, I think it's possible we see him if – only because he's just such an obvious upgrade over Tyler Naquin, who they continue to play against righties. And it's not even the offensive upgrade. Like I, that might be negligible, especially over the final month as Johnson gets his first taste of big league pitching, if that were to happen. But Johnson's just such a better defender in a corner than Naquin is that I really think it's something they should consider. Uh, the Indians are extremely cheap, so maybe they don't do that, but, um, He's a guy that, you know, if he got the call, he would be a guy that I would be pretty interested in in 15-teamers. Yeah, he's pretty interesting. And Nick Solak was traded because of his spot on the 40-man. There was that 40-man crunch in Tampa Bay. And uh, now with the Rangers at AAA Nashville, and, you know, he's been really good with Nashville. 340, 375, 680, nine home runs in 25 games since going from Durham to Nashville that is going from the International League to the PCL but I would think this team would be wise to give uh, Solak a, a decent audition in September so the the one wrinkle here that has me worried that it might not happen is that since the trade almost all of his starts have come at second base and you know he's, he's capable in left field too but uh, I just do you, can you picture them like just really cutting into Ruggie's playing time in September I if they haven't to this, I thought maybe there's a chance earlier this year but if they haven't to this point then like you not. like it's not a you don't want to go into the off season with like the player all upset about the way he was treated in September I I just wouldn't think that they would do that so could he get non-tendered this year eh, because I mean, so far according to Fangraphs 0.2 wins above replacement Rumenador I would uh I would actually he's signed, I think. He signed an extension. Oh right. He? Yeah, I guess he did. Well, good for him. Yeah, get that money. That's, out, a, man. that's a that's a heck of a six year deal. They did that this past offseason. Was it? Six year forty nine point five million extension. <sighs> man. <laughs> hey, get that young get that money. I, I can't I can't hate on it. Uh 
So I guess that pretty much answers our question. Right. I that's that's the thing. If Solak had like only been starting in like left field or something since the trade, I think it would be kind of the writing on the wall that he was coming up. I mean, he still could come up. I mean, they could DH him, they could move guys around, but um probably more of a guy for for next year. Uh we'll be interested to sort of see where he's playing in spring training and stuff like that, but uh it's nice to at least see him outside of the Tampa Bay org where it was going to always be pretty tough for him to crack the starting nine. Six years, $49.5 million. just a little over a year after a negative 1.2 F4 season. <laughs> That's good agenting. Who, yeah. Who's his agent? Seriously, man. Good on you, Rugi. Uh, do you. Jesus Lazardo. Uh, that Lazardo versus Whitley discussion was – Kind of for not, but do you think we do see Lazardo pitching meaningful innings for the A's pretty soon? I do. I am. I've been stashing him for a couple of weeks now in the TGFBI Champs League. Uh, that's a 15 teamer with seven bench spots. I would recommend doing the same if he's available. Uh, you know, the A's are in the race, and the A's are a team that is going to operate in win now mode. I think that they were very legitimate about possibly breaking camp with him in the rotation the way the Padres did with Chris Paddock I think Lizardo breaks camp in the rotation in 2020 so if you're going to do that there's no harm at all in bringing him up uh, this year once you think he's ready he's been really good in his rehab starts so yeah I think Lizardo's a guy that you should definitely be trying to roster if you can yeah then Ian Anderson of the Braves is he in a similar boat where maybe the the workload's not great but he's he's pitching meaningful innings for the Braves I think Anderson's kind of the pitching equivalent to Gavin Lux, like definitely not that caliber of prospect, but you know, for a team that's as good as the Braves are, Anderson helps them in the playoffs. Like he, I, probably in a bullpen role, but he he helps them. And so uh I think it would be admirable of them to bring him up at some point and even if it's not in the rotation, but it might be in the rotation and uh, maybe they could bring him up in the rotation, and when the playoffs start, you move him to the bullpen. Uh, that's that's what I would do, but you know we have to see sort of how he does over his next few starts at AAA. He's got one good one, one bad one through two starts. So, uh, I mean, if he if he struggles in like his next two starts, then he probably doesn't come up. But if he's looking good, I think he's a guy that you should uh, consider adding, even though it, if he gets the call, it's not a lock that he joins the rotation. Very interesting. Now, while we're talking Braves, I just want to ask you, I think we talked a little bit about him last week, but I didn't see him mentioned in your article. Drew Waters, you just don't think there's a chance because looking at who they've been starting in left field recently, the Braves. Culberson, I mean, Duvall. <laughs> I mean, and Waters, since moving up, 333 average, 355 on base, 500 slug. You just think it's a stretch? Um, You know, I they don't... They don't have to add him to the forty man this off season. I, I mentioned Christian Patch as a as a guy just because he's going to have to get added this off season, and he, you know, even if he wasn't starting, you know, he's a clear late game defensive weapon that you could use down the stretch. Uh, I kind of think it's more likely that he gets the call than Waters. Waters is the type of talent where I think most teams are going to air on the side of let's maximize our control on this guy and he hasn't had like gavin lux i think is kind of proven that like triple a is nothing for him he's ready mm-hmm. waters has obviously been 
good, like you said, but it's been in like the third the amount of games as, as it has been with Lux. So yeah, just seven games so far. It's possible. Like it, I. I'd love to see it. I wouldn't rule it out, but I think it's more likely that Patch would get the call if, if it is one of those Braves outfielders. Yeah, the Braves got some good news regarding Austin Riley, too, and that may impact that decision with Waters. Anything else you want to mention prospect-wise before we uh, we move on to the final segment of the show? Uh, not. I mean, so I think next week I'm going to work on a piece that I'm kind of looking forward to. I haven't settled on the exact format but it's going to be something along the lines of a top 20 players 23 and under 22 and under because i've had some requests for people to like from people to like rank not only the top prospects but like rank them alongside guys like jordan alvarez and even ronald acuna juan soto guys that are still in that like sort of age range of being a prospect but are uh, no longer have their prospect status. I think that would be a, a fun uh, article to do. Looking forward to that. And then I'll do uh, one more end-of-season full update to the top 400 uh, in late August or maybe you know, final week of August. So uh, that'll probably be the final Farm Futures of the year, just kind of wrapping up the, the top 400 update. I'm looking forward to the minor league season being over so I don't have to – keep that up to date uh frequently anymore um heading into the off season but uh also looking forward to the the stretch run and the mlb postseason yeah great job all year as always james covering prospects so much work poured into i think we can forgive you for you know not not having a kino rank too, too can you will you ever forgive me? i don't know i did see somebody like man i wish somebody at twitter was like man i wish somebody would have Anybody would have told me that Aristides Aquino existed. It's like, <laughs> I mean, he was a top 100 prospect like four years ago. Yeah, it's like, and we wrote him up. We had an outlook for him. It's just highly I wish, unlikely. I wish that someone had told me that he had dramatically changed his stance before it was too late. I didn't even late. know that. You yeah. know, like just someone tell me who's covering that team. Who, like, how is no, like the guy's lining up parallel with the third baseline. No one wants to mention that. Yeah, I saw an article about that, but it was after his call-up. I didn't. I hadn't heard anything about it. I follow all kinds of Reds people on Twitter. Uh, just a really out-of-the-blue, crazy success story there. We'll see w- what happens. But uh, moving on to the final segment, we'll talk about two more of our uh, favorite commercial hip-hop jams that we still get down with today. And mine, James, from a couple of Ohio guys, and more than a couple. I think it was four. Uh, crazy, lazy, busy, and wish. I believe Wishbone was the fourth. Of course, Bone Thugs and Harmony. They were from the opposite side of the state I was in, but they were huge. And we actually tried to see them at a CD connection in um, Dayton, Ohio. And my dad was like, "No, not taking you there to see to wait in line." Um, five members. Uh, get you, forgot, you forgot Flesh and Bone. Oh, how did I forget Flesh? I thought it was five. Flesh. I had to double check. Huh? Wish was the one. No, Flesh was the one who was like locked up, right, for a long time. Well, that I don't know. He wasn't really, wasn't really a visible part of the sure. group, but he was um, was a member. Thank you for for clearing that up. And my entry is not actually the probably their most commercial, commercially successful hit, "The Crossroads." My entry is first of the month. Oh hell yeah! And when I heard this song, song, my brother had the tape. I still remember that vividly. Him having the tape, and when I first heard it as a youngster, I didn't know. What the hell they were talking about? I had no idea what the song was about. My mom was probably like, "Jeez, what? 
what's going on here? But I, nowadays, I, of course, do recognize what they're talking about in the lyrics. It's, it's still jams. And I remember the video where they're like riding around. It's just the most obvious green screen behind mm-hmm. them. Uh, classic song. Crossroads is okay, but it, I don't know. I don't really like it nearly as much no, as First that, of the Month. No, I... I haven't listened to Crossroads in years, but first of the month still, still, still definitely incredible. Yeah, I, um, not only did I not realize you know the content what they were actually talking about, but even the the words were all just kind of run together. I just kind of liked the way it sounded. Now that I can decipher what they're actually saying, I appreciate it even more. East nineteen ninety nine Eternal is still a classic in my mind. So you know, wanted to give Bone some love. I feel like we haven't talked about them. Yeah, no, that's that's a great call. My my wife has actually, she saw Bone Thugs in, nice. in concert when they were in Madison uh, a few years ago. Apparently they did uh, the entire East 99 album from back to front. And she said, it was, she said it was quite the scene. Uh, it was over <laughs> at the Majestic in Madison, uh, Wisconsin. <laughs> I could imagine. I just saw Devin and I imagined the similar activities <laughs> in the crowd. Um, that's cool. You know, I, I've... I remember them kind of falling off after, what, The Art of War? And that was like 99, so I haven't heard much new music from Bone in many years. I went through a huge Bone phase um, in like the early 2000s, yeah, so yeah, like late late high school uh, for me, and uh, yeah, I mean, they've got a pretty sneaky deep uh, catalog, a lot of good tracks. One of the you know, if you're just kind of lining up every artist, they might have the best uh, combination of a song with Biggie and a song with Tupac. In, yeah, that's uh, true. Thug Love point. and uh, uh, what's what one is with that Biggie? song? Um, <laughs> it's on the same album, right? It's both off the Art of War. Notorious Thugs. Yeah. Notorious Thugs, of course. Uh, yeah, they even have some some pretty good songs as just individual members you know solo tracks a lot of cr- good crazy stuff and i remember busy you know buddy andrew redding i saw on the spotify playlist adding a few others that we haven't really been official entries but i do appreciate him just kind of um adding to the playlist making it as good of a playlist as he can if you want to add a, another song bone song when thugs cry by busy <laughs> that's a really good one what do you got this week james uh, I've got another uh, artist that we really haven't given much love to on the the show, but a guy who uh, I've always been a pretty big fan of, and that's Fabulous. Mm. And I'm going to go with the song Breathe by Fabulous, uh, which was like an early 2000s uh, commercial track. I think it's maybe Just Blaze on the beat uh, of that song. And uh, that one really gets me, gets me hyped up. Um, you know, I I love this countdown or this thing we're doing with the the you know commercially successful songs. I almost want to like carry it over into into next year. I mean, there's yeah, just we could do that. I, there's just endless songs that I that I could add to this playlist. To, yeah, to I had like four. I was trying to decide between today. Uh, you know, I gotta admit, I don't think I can really remember what "Breathe" sounds like. Apparently, it reached a size ten on the Billboard Hot 100 2004. I really can't like no like tune comes into my head, so I'm gonna have to do some, do my research yeah, here. Yeah, do your homework. Yeah, that's, get back to me. And I remember my brother's a big fabulous guy. Never got as into him, but that's a good entry. Um, by the way, that Spotify playlist, 
Just fire. And uh, I think we had a couple more good entries this week. I'm going to have to really dig in on Breathe, though. Appreciate it, James. Thank you for all the insight this season. Thank you all for listening to the Rotowire Prospect Podcast, sponsored by Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.